Julia Valerio Promley intern. Welcome to another episode of the Promley Garden Podcast. If you haven't already, please follow us at Promley App for updates on the Promley App launch and more great podcasts. Together, we will change outcomes. Tonight, we have Promley founder Jen Levy and Taya Hoy, a student ambassador for the Colorado Wellness Center for Girls. Hi, Liz. Taya, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Taya, it is such a pleasure to have you here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I When we spoke the other day, I was just thrilled after our conversation and just feel so grateful to have you on the Promley podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here too. We're so happy that you're able to be here tonight with us. Can you please tell us a little bit more about the Colorado Wellness Center for Girls? Yeah, so it's the Colorado Wellness Center for Girls is basically a therapeutic day program, um, and it's meant for girls around the ages of 12, 21, who are struggling with anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, but don't necessarily need inpatient care. Uh, and so while the girls are attending the program, they are enrolled online school, um, and they also learn how to become more authentic, well-rounded, empathetic, and grounded. Um, and they're also offered like mind-body awareness techniques, nutritional awareness, individual family and um, education surrounding wellness and self-care. How many girls are usually there at a time? So while I was there, see, it did kind of change, but it was about five girls. Um, right now, I don't know the exact number, but I, I have about six, seven girls right now. So they usually keep it like under 10. So it's a pretty intimate environment, it sounds like, where you really get to know the girls that are there. How, about how long do girls usually stay? So... What they want is for girls to stay about six months. Wow, that's pretty that's pretty long compared to a lot of different residential treatments or, you know, inpatient stays or things like that. So it's really like they really must get to know you pretty well if it's for six months, typically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it does become kind of like a little family. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I would think it totally. And you said like they do things like yoga and they have like a lot of mindfulness. And I would imagine that because you're in this intimate environment, there's also staff that's there too, that you get to know pretty well, right? Um, Do they live there or do they work there, like come in and work there? They just work there. But I actually have a really interesting story that kind of just popped into my mind. What is it? So one of the staff members, uh, her name was Sue, and she's actually not working there anymore, which makes me sad. But she was doing the bookkeeping for the wellness center. And during my time there, I had this outbreak of like canker sores all over my mouth and like down my throat. And it was just awful. And I I hadn't gone to the doctor yet. I just, I came into the wellness center that day and Sue actually walked with me to the closest doctor to just get me taken care of for that. Were they able to take care of the canker sores? Because I think of that as being like the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave me antibiotics. And, that's okay. and that helped, thank goodness. Because I, <laughs> I think of also sometimes like canker sores in the throat and that sort of thing with clients that I've had have been like a major stress reaction, right? So. I yeah I could imagine that's like the worst but Sue thanks Sue that was great (laughs) she was amazing she used to write me little notes and stuff throughout the day to kind of help keep me motivated with my schoolwork she was just the best sounds like a super committed staff I think that's obviously why you're a student ambassador (laughs) for the Colorado Wellness Center for Girls like you clearly had a good experience there yeah yeah that sounds so amazing I'm so glad that the staff was so welcoming and able to be there for you especially when you aren't feeling too good so how did you get 
involved in becoming an ambassador? So after I graduated from program, the wellness center actually shut down, which I was really heartbroken about. Um, and so I actually even made plans to kind of try to recreate the wellness center when I was older. Um, but luckily, uh, the wellness center was able to open back up. So Andrea kind of reached out to me. Uh, she's uh, the founder of the wellness center. Um, she reached out to Nevada Blue um, and asked me to be a student ambassador because her advisory board recommended that someone be there to, you know, who had experience actually attending the program and maybe knew sort of how the girls were feeling about different things. Um, and this sounds kind of braggy, but I don't mean it to be. Um, she she picked me for that job because she felt like I was kind of a poster girl for the program. She had seen how much I improved through going there and she felt like I had just shown the most growth because, I mean, when I started the program, like I had been arrested for assaulting my mom. Oh boy. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then how old once, were you, Taya, when you I, were arrested? I was 15. Oh my. Yes. Yeah. That, that's uh yeah, that's yeah. I could see how maybe I, I don't imagine I, I can't even imagine how your parents, you know, were like trying to find you probably some help or some support or something like um, how did you find the wellness center? Like what, like, was that through um, being arrested or was that through something else? Yeah. So when I was arrested, I was held in this like a uh, detention center for quite a few hours. Um, and um, I had like social workers talking to me throughout that time and they were trying to figure out what the next steps were going to be. Um, and I kept talking about how I wanted to be emancipated from my parents. And that was the only solution that I could possibly see was just getting as far away from my parents as possible. Um, and they were like, no, you don't want to do that. We're not going to even like um, entertain that concept. So they gave me all these brochures. And one of the brochures that they gave me was for the wellness center. And I had zero faith in it. Um, but my parents kind of forced me to go. So now did you make the choice? Like, did you pick the place that you went like of the brochures? You know, I, I don't remember because we didn't look at any of the other places. I think my parents just saw the brochure the wellness center and they were like, this is one, this is what's going to help. Wow. So, and then when you got there, what was that experience like? So it was kind of magical because program is um, based in this little this cute little house in Wheat Ridge um, and it's just so welcoming and warm and inviting um, and I got to meet Andrea and she was really the first adult that I met in a really long time who I felt like actually understood where I was coming from and wasn't judging or shame or even trying to manipulate me she just it felt like she could actually like fully accept me for who I was and I don't know. I just, I just immediately felt sort of love before That's, I even really got to know her. And she is the person who actually created the home, right? Like, like created this, this possibility. Now, one thing I, I didn't ask you, but I'm assuming because you mentioned your parents that even though you were arrested for assaulting your mom, your parents were still supportive of your treatment, like what well, during this process? Yeah. How, how are you doing with your parents now? I mean, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. My mom and I get along really well. <laughs> 
she's basically the person that I tell everything to. Um, my dad and I, we have definitely had more struggles in communicating and understanding each other. But I mean, our relationship got so much better through the program. That's so, amazing. So the family therapy portion, because I would think there's like a lot of family therapy, right? That accompanies getting arrested. Um, and <laughs> assaulting your mom. Um, so that's got to be, you know, something that's got to be worked out, but it sounds like it was so effective, like, like to have them come there and to meet with you with the staff that you felt like really cared. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, a, a, like story popped in my head. Um, and I'm not sure whether to follow. Yeah, go follow for it. it. Okay. So at some point in the, like treatment, I guess, um, I had gotten a ticket for like riding the light rail without paying. Um, and I came into the center just distraught. Like I could not be calmed down. I was sobbing and I had family therapy that day. Therapist was like, wow, we have come really far for you to be this upset over a ticket. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We're at, we're at a better place. Obviously you work the ticket out and yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and so, so you're 15 then, and now how old are you? Taya? I'm 21. 21. So that's really interesting. So what was one thing that surprised you when you were at the center? So, like I said, I had very little faith in the center's like ability to make anything better. So I was mostly just surprised at how, how like, well structured the center was and how passionate the staff were. Um, was like, oh, okay. Yes. Have a so there was this one time we're exercising outside and I hated doing that because I felt like everyone was staring at me, even though like we were kind of far away from the road and no one could even see us. Um, and so I got a little tantrumy um, and I got just super upset with everyone outside. And Andrea was so calm about it. Like I was brat and she didn't raise her voice at all. She didn't accuse me of doing anything wrong. She was just like, why don't you go inside, drink some water and take a little time out basically. And then, you know, try to rejoin the group when you're doing better. And I, I felt bad at that point. So I was like, it's horrible, but being so nice about it. One of the things that you said to me the other day that I thought was so interesting is how scary it was like to be 15 and to be like in various treatment or to be, you know, working with people and hearing like diagnoses, let's say that like a probably never heard before, but then became like scary when you research them online or things like that. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? So I guess honestly, that wasn't necessarily my experience. I just know that that's a huge issue, especially when they're diagnosed with personality disorder. Um, For me, I actually knew the diagnosis long before I was diagnosed. And I actually tried really hard to advocate for myself to get that diagnosis. Um, Why was that? So, okay. So um, when I was a little kid, I read my mom's like psych textbooks. And one of the books that she had was this little case studies book. And I was always looking through it. And I came across borderline personality disorder and I went to my mom and I was like, this doesn't make sense to explain it more. And she's like, ah, that one's really complicated. I don't understand. Like, we'll talk about it when you're older. That's what I've been diagnosed with, but it's really complicated. So that was my introduction to it. And then later on in life, when I was like 12, I knew that something was 
super wrong. Um, and so I was looking up all sorts of disorders and I key and I was like, oh, that feels right. Um, but I wasn't actually diagnosed until I was eaten. And I had a therapist who could not believe that I had B. He said that I was too functional and nice. And like, basically, I was too good of a person to have B. So he wouldn't diagnose it. With, wouldn't diagnose me with it until I had him like have me take a personality test, and then it showed up that it was really likely that I had it. It's like, okay, fine, you're diagnosed. Are you happy? And were you? Yes. I mean, I was a little. Understandably, there was a grieving process because um, there's so much misinformation. I mean, in the mental health field, about mm-hmm. B, people think that it can never cover from it, uh, which is simply right not true right yeah exactly and there's so much research supporting that it's highly remissible um so yeah um well I think of it like even historically right like now I've been in practice for 20 years I remember you know 20 years ago there was like oh gosh borderline personality disorder you know many therapists would say I don't treat anybody you know I really try not to treat anybody with borderline personality disorder not really you know having solid like treatment strategies let's say. And, you know, now there are definitely a lot of very solid treatment strategies. And certainly, I think when even we were speaking before, one of the things, you know, that I often see is that there are teens many times that are diagnosed as borderline, but actually they do the work and they really aren't borderline by the time they do the work and they're adults. And I think it's like that piece of it, like, you know, even in talking with you, and I can understand what the therapist would be like, Patea, you're so nice and you're so sweet and you're so high functioning. I can totally understand that because you really are all of those, you know, like you come across in that way, but you know, your experience and you even, I am, you know, impressed that you even knew to say, okay, this really fits, but you can do the work. And you, it sounds like through going to the Colorado Wellness Center, did they work with, well, I guess you weren't diagnosed until you were 18. So they might not have done the work there, but my guess is I imagine you started that process there because of the treatment you got. Yeah, um, we actually did, oh man, EMDR. Yes. We uh-huh. we did EMDR um, at the Wellness Center for some traumatic experiences that I had had. So, you know, since the trauma is almost certainly a huge part of why I have, we did start in that work. And when you did EMDR, I'm assuming, obviously that was pre-COVID. So it was, you were in person doing that. And so can you just explain to our listeners who might not know what EMDR is, what that experience was like for you? Yeah. So it is a little bit fuzzy, to be honest, but what I do remember is that my therapist and I have really in-depth conversations about the trauma that I experienced. Um, and then she added in um, these like sensory experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I had like headphones on um, and that there were like little bing sounds. Uh. Well, so much of EMDR is about reprocessing trauma. And so what we find is, you know, stimulating both left and right brain activity will actually help to reprocess trauma. So doing EMDR, especially for somebody that has, um, you know, traumatic experiences can be, you know, super helpful. I have to say the other day I was um, talking to one of my clients and I was recommending EMDR. And I said, you know, because she was having very repetitive, like traumatic re-experiencing. And I said, you know, I think we should probably consult with an EMDR therapist. I'm not one, but I certainly know a few. So she left the session. The next week she comes back and she's like, Jen, you're so happy to know I did EMDR. And I'm like, well, A, it's the middle of COVID. And B, um, (laughs) where did you do EMDR? Like, that's strange. 
she's like, oh, I went on YouTube and I typed in EMDR, <laughs> self-administered. And I was like, that can't be. Like, that's so crazy. Like, please, I hope we didn't like harm your brain with this. And she's like, no, I did it. And it literally is this um, green dot that moves back and forth for about 10 minutes. And it has this very, very strong sound vibration. And it's so interesting because she's like, yeah, the thoughts I was having, they're gone. I mean, I still remember them, but they're not producing the same level of trauma. To which then I asked some of my EMDR therapist friends, because I was like, can we just like double check? Like, is this even safe for people? Um, And the EMDR therapist was like, yeah, actually, it could be a really good supplement for people. So um, I since have recommended it to other folks and they have had good experiences as well. So it's, um, you know, something that's out there. Um, not something I, I'm saying I'm recommending as everybody should consult with their own therapist. But um, I will say, you know, EMDR is such a powerful tool for um, many, many, many people who have a lot of past trauma. So so I'm glad you got that at the Wellness Center as well. And that sounds like they have like really comprehensive treatment in various ways and kind of different treatments, it sounds like too. Yeah, that's amazing what you said about <laughs> self-administered EMDR. Yeah, believe me, I thought it was amazing too. I was like, this is really interesting um so you know who knew yeah um yeah you know I I think they probably mostly offer like cognitive behavioral therapy um but yeah my my therapist was trained in EMDR so that you know I think that was more of just a lucky thing I there were only two therapists there when I went so don't know how expansive they're right sure there was a small program right I mean if you're talking you know, only five or six girls at a time. It's a pretty small, you know, small scale program. Yeah. So also in regards to the five or six girls that were there, did you ever have like group sessions where you guys all talked about um, your individual traumas and then you were able to connect with the girls through that? So we didn't do that, um, but we did have like every week we'd have um, a sort of emotional wellness group session. Um, Sometimes we'd have visitors come in with their own expertise who talk about very specific challenges of being a teenager and stuff like that or um, talk about kind of more general things and I wish I could remember like an example of one of the sessions we had um, but it definitely would turn into like each of us sharing different parts of our history but I don't think that we were encouraged to really dig into our trauma together is that that can be overwhelming and really triggering and yeah a lot of things but it sounds like the groups were supportive and you know kind of within boundaries and you know kind of kept in check yeah yeah I think that's so helpful that you were able to go to this program and experience such life-changing outcomes. Um, So based on those outcomes, do you think that they affect you now? And do you think that you see things differently because of it? Yeah. When I left program, I was still struggling a lot. Um, I had substance abuse issues and depression and anxiety, attachment issues, and just just, just a lot. Um, But I had tools just to help me get hard finds. And those tools were yoga for the most part. Like I learned just how beneficial yoga could be and I still use that method um anytime I'm struggling now I 15 minutes of yoga and I am back to it like I feel just kind of refreshed um I also learned so much about nutrition so when I was 18 I started eating food myself so now I'm actually a pretty good home cook and I can imagine what my life be like honestly without that it's such a part of every day is eating actually good food um and without going through that program I just wouldn't resources to be able to figure out how to incorporate it into my diet. Yeah. So it sounds like there's so many like life skills 
levels too. So you can go from being, you know, really, um, you know, like not independent to much more like being independent. Exactly. Yeah. I, I also learned, and, and I, I'm really bad at integrating it, but I learned that when you're in a really bad argument, best method is to just lower your voice and speak calmly and the other person will calm down pretty much invariably. Yeah. That's a good little life skill, right? Life hack there. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we used to do, used to do like training for teachers in terms of how to manage a classroom. And that's also one of those things that, you know, the, the, you know, quickest way to get a classroom is that sort of like, especially if you go from raising your voice to all of a sudden you lower your voice, you know, it has a similar effect. So um, yeah, it works much more effectively. I'm glad you said that, Taya. <laughs> yeah. If you had to choose one thing that you would want teens to get out of today's podcast, what would it be? I really want to kind of some hope for the future um, because actually my partner, Harrison, said this thing the other day and I, it's so accurate. He said that when I was a teenager, I was struggling with two illnesses, basically, being a teenager and PD. It was kind of like having times two. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, really difficult and it seemed to last forever, but got so better. Once I hit 18, 19, I realized that I felt completely different and I wasn't struggling the same things that I had been. It was easier to manage. I handle my emotions. They didn't overwhelm me every single time I was feeling anything. So, well, and you speak to such a good point, like even just the fact that normal developmental adolescence, right? The brain is programmed to think in extremes. So it's really, and that's so protective. I always, you know, use the example if, you know, we were back in caveman days and I was going to send, you know, teenagers out to fight the lions and tigers and the wolves because I'm sure as heck not going out there. I'm going to stay in the cave, you know, like I'm sending those young people out, but we could, we better bet that they're paranoid, they're reactive, they're impulsive. Like that's, those are the kinds of skills that we would want survivors to be right. If they're fighting off lions, tigers, and bears. Um, we don't have the lions and tigers and bears. It's more like, you know, SATs, APs, you know, uh, friends, drama, etc. cetera. Um, but it is interesting that there is this developmental shift that happens for most people where they really can shift into like a different level of thinking as they move through adolescence. So it sounds like that was even part of your experience as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's such a good point about, you know, I mean, every time we're experiencing anything that's uncomfortable or that we don't want to experience, it's because our brain is trying to protect us. Which is nice to keep in mind. Right. Well, and it's so interesting sometimes to understand even um, symptoms, let's say, through that lens in terms of really like what is what, you know, what's going on? You know, we always say like anger is a second emotion. So what's that emotion that sort of precedes that? Right. So if we can figure that out, we can kind of get a little bit closer to maybe the root of the problem um, and really, you know, but get honest and do the work. Um, although I will say it's interesting because I will find that, you know, many times people can carry a lot of these patterns that they have in adolescence into their adulthood if they kind of deny them or they don't do the work. And I think it's, you know, Taya, I love your story because it feels like you've, you know, taken the opportunity to kind of really self-reflect and understand yourself and get to a better level of functioning, you know, like 
for your life, really. And that leads to a lot more happiness, I would imagine. Yeah, thank you. Um, I definitely, I was just scared. I just knew that I needed to do something. And I'm so grateful that I took on the Opties Open. Right, right. What are the next steps for you? So I am going to graduate with my bachelor's in psychology in a year. And I'm hoping to jump right into grad school after that. Um, cool. I really want to become a research psychologist and focus mainly on uh, personality disorders, of course, and trying to reduce the stigma and find more treatment options. That's amazing. That's great. That's like, there's always a need for that. That's amazing. If a, if a teen listening wanted to learn more about Colorado Wellness Center for Girls, what would they what would they do? So go to the website, which is cwsgirls.com. Okay. Um, they can also contact Andrea directly through email and her email address is afilio, which is spelled A-H-I-L-L-E-O at cwsgirls.com. Awesome. Perfect. And I'll have you... Um, We'll we'll post that on the podcast as well, just so everybody has the information. Is there any way that Promly can be helpful? Big question. Well, I think that Promly is going to be so helpful just for all of the things that we've talked about today in, you know, helping teenagers connect each other in more positive ways and then connect with mental health resources um, and other resources, just life skills resources, which are, they're very valuable. Um, and I think, you know, connect with their life goals and smaller goals, which I found for myself is super motivating and inspiring and helps me maintain resilience helps me get through really hard times when I know that I am getting to a better point in my life. So do you use like vision boards or things like that? Like when you say like smaller life goals and that sort of thing? So I don't, but I really should. Um, (laughs) But a funny example that I just thought of, you know, back from when I was 15 is we actually had this project where we went around and took pictures of uh, things in our life that filled us with joy. And I used to take a train to wellness center every day. And there was a building that I passed that I just love and I wanted to move in there so bad I was like that's the apartment me so I took a picture of that and that was something that inspired me to finish high school and go to college and I never actually ended up living in that building but it served its purpose (laughs) (laughs) not yet maybe a better building who knows exactly Well, that's so much of what's behind, let's say, Promley's 20 by 20, right, is we want to inspire, we want to be able to really bring mental health into really a much more of a wellness approach, where it's not like we're a mental health app, it's just the mental health is right there. Like, and we want to create connections with people that have similar life experiences, similar interests, you know, that sort of thing to just try to help teens, not just teens who are struggling, but all teens to be able to really find what brings out the best in them, either through a other people, through activities, through setting life goals, through getting support, you know, like we're really, yeah, we're, we're looking to change the world with Promly. So I'm glad. Thank you, Taya, for um, mentioning it. Always like a good chance to talk about Promly. I I love the concept. I love the website. And I'm so excited for the app come out. Well, I'm really excited. So so definitely follow us at Promly app for any uh, updates on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, but yes, definitely keep keep following us because in the next few months you will see the app on the app store. So, you know, very exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming. That wraps up another episode of Promly Garden Podcast. Don't forget to follow us at Promly App for updates on the release of the Promly app. Coming soon.